This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Who do you blame for this long-standing cover-up? I mean, who is the person that is the most responsible? Um, and when disclosure finally comes, what's going to happen? Are there going to be lawsuits for the cover-up? Um, we're going to get into that. And anyway, I want to just start here. The, the, basically, the buck stops with Harry S. Truman. He was the president. Uh, in 1947 when the flying saucer business all began when the big flap of 47 happened when roswell happened and uh he was there for the next uh, until january of 1953 when dwight eisenhower came into office so it's actually it's the buck stops with harry truman he's the person who allowed to happen whatever it, it is that has happened basically allowed the formation of a secret group that has been kept secret and kept away from the public they basically have controlled all information with regard to the extraterrestrial presence here since 1947 um there's no question that this group exists there's just no doubt about it it's 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 a fact and uh and it's it's the blame goes to truman but what's going to happen here is what i believe is going to happen is that there's going to be a lot of angry people when when it, when disclosure finally happens now i'm not going to be one of those angry people because in a way i understand why it happened in the first place um there's no doubt that uh, there's a lot of concerns <laughs> with uh, making something like this public because of what it means to the human race i mean it's going to change everything uh, i'm sure for the people in the know it's changed the way they look at everything so yeah, it's it's the, there. Are, there's going to be lawsuits, and I think most of the people are are going to be uh, complaining or are going to be the people who are basically making fools out of themselves right now. Uh, the debunkers, the people who just don't, uh, act stupid about it, don't believe it, don't do the research, and they're going to be the ones who, when the time comes, uh, they're going to be the ones most flabbergasted and 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 they'll be indignant uh, about the to, to the powers that be. Uh, I'll be happy about it when it comes, but uh, there are going to be lawsuits most certainly flying. Uh, you know, just recently we were talking about uh, how there was an attempt during uh, George H.W. Bush's presidency um, in the early 90s to basically pull the lid off disclosure and tell the public the truth, but there was just a, a lot of resistance. And in fact, in uh, Richard Dolan's uh, uh, book, uh, UFOs in a National Security State, Volume 2, on page uh, 566, uh, one of the concerns came from the Auditor General's office, and there, here's a sentence from from uh, that from this book: the Auditor General's office worried that the government might face enormous lawsuits from angry citizens. Well, I, I think that they are going to get uh, angry. They're going to get lawsuits from angry citizens. There's, there are going to be certain people that are going to want some heads to roll uh, because they're going to feel like they were duped. 
uh and uh they're gonna have to they're gonna want especially like the skeptics the debunkers like a lot of those people the people that really have dug themselves a hole here uh and they're gonna look like complete fools uh, i mean really <laughs> i mean the fact that they were unable to see this reality when there were a lot of people like me pointing it out to them uh, like look at here's the evidence i mean if this isn't enough for you i don't know what to tell you uh here's some books to read maybe that will help you out you know they're gonna but see they don't do that stuff so when the time comes they're gonna want some heads to roll because they're gonna want they're the ones who are gonna look like the total fools so they're gonna try to uh pro, you know try to uh take their anger out on people in the government I don't think it's going to work. I, and actually, I, I, I would, I would think, I, I think what should happen. I, maybe it's, you know, it's something that's being thought about right now. Uh, there should be immunity. I mean, we do have this whistleblower protection in the uh, upcoming 2023 uh, National Defense Authorization Act. Right? There's whistleblower protection for people who want to step forward and tell the truth about UFOs and extraterrestrials. Uh, so there should be immunity granted to anybody who basically is responsible right now, uh, who has been responsible for years for maintaining this cover-up. But I think we're going to have to get some answers about how this started, why it started. Uh, the people that have been responsible throughout the years, dead or alive, I mean, a, a lot of them are probably, I'm sure are dead, obviously, there's no question. Uh, uh, all those names on that original Majestic 12 list, the 12 names on that original list, all those people are dead, and we know that there was uh, uh, somebody who replaced the uh, uh, James Forrestal, who was the Secretary of Defense back in 1947. He ended up uh, dying in the, I think I believe it was 1949. Um, he committed suicide. He was in a in a hospital, and uh, he he was mentally ill apparently. Uh, some people actually believe he he was they killed him. The government killed him. I, I don't know. It was suspicious. There were some suspicious aspects about his suicide, but it, that's beside the point. But he had a replacement, and that guy, that replacement for Forrestal was dead. I was getting off track there a little bit. So you have those original members, but we really don't know who was on Majestic 12 after that. Uh, really, we don't have any documentation that, uh, that you know, since those original leaks that shows who, who could possibly be on Majestic 12 since those original... 12 members and then there was a 13th member that replaced Forrestal. After that, I, I, you know, there's no real, real information out there to tell us anything else. And Harry Truman was the one who signed off on all this. So like he used to say himself, the buck stops with him, right? And the buck stops with him on this one because he's the one who started this. And how it was able to, to continue this long, I don't know. I'm sure that uh, it's probably something that's classified above top secret because of the implications and and rightly so rightly so it's understandable especially in the early days of why it would have been considered you know above top secret because it need it needed to be a stay stay that way i, I believe in the early days uh by the late 50s early 60s i think that a lot of people were you know ufo researchers were very upset about this about this cover-up and they they didn't like the idea that this was just stretching on and on and on and they wanted to take the lid off it like the uh, marine corps retired marine corps major donald kehoe who wrote several books on this had a lot of contacts within the pentagon knew knew for a fact that they were extraterrestrial vehicles um you know the insiders were telling them that so 
uh, and he was upset with it, and he thought that the government was treating the public like children, like, you know, that they can't handle the truth, and that's basically what's been going on since. I mean, it's still going on. Now they're, they're trying to basically spoon-feed us this information, like we're a bunch of babies. We're like, right now, we're like babies being spoon-fed uh, with a little bit of information since 2017, basically. Uh, so... Do, what do I think should happen when once the cover once this lid is pulled off and once everyone knows that there's uh, uh, that there is an extraterrestrial presence here and that there has been a cover up uh, should heads roll? No, I don't think there should be heads roll at all. I, I just I don't believe that. No, I do not think that anyone in the Pentagon should be facing any sort of lawsuits or anything. For one thing, I mean they have a legitimate excuse. They could just say, "Look." Yeah, this is this was considered top secret. We couldn't let this out to the to the public. I mean, we we, we don't know. I mean, this this is a matter of national security because it really is a matter of national security. I mean, they could they could rightly state, well, you know, we don't know what these beings are up to. Uh, so we had it. We we were trying to figure that out. They could come out and say now, well, we still don't know what they're up to, uh, but they're just so advanced than we are that uh, <laughs> we have to give up. Uh, we have we have to let you know now. It's just we we tried. We looked into it. That's probably their best bet, right? Acts really dumb about what they're because if they uh, start trying to answer questions about what they know about cattle mutilations and alien abductions, uh, it's going to be really bad for them. Um, so, you know, I, the, but at the same time, there will be people. Uh, at the same time, I believe there will be people who will try to take uh, legal action against. Uh, certain people within the in that group within the pentagon that has been uh, keeping this secret uh at least the ones who are still alive and there'll probably be lawsuits against the government itself against uh i don't know how it will work but there will be lawsuits i i, I really believe that there are going to be very some very upset people um uh, you know look at some of the debunkers i mean the, the, out there they just they're, they're, they're making fools out of themselves on a daily on a daily basis i mean if you're if you're somebody who follows ufos on on twitter or reddit or facebook right you'll see i mean these people continually just today i was looking at at, at comments made by new york post writer stephen greenstreet he's a big time a big time debunker there's another uh, uh writer out there who's a uh, well-known writer jason cavaludo uh, cavaludo constant big time debunker making a fool out of himself all the time about ufos constantly right uh you know there's just so many names out there so many people out there constantly you know just making themselves look like idiots in, in my view because i mean i know that they're here i mean i've seen one of the craft and i've i encountered a being so they're here and i know for a fact uh and uh and these people obviously have not educated themselves and they're smart people i'm not saying they're dumb people they're smart people but they're not educated themselves enough on this subject so so when this when this shoe finally drops they're going to be very upset and they're going to uh probably you know there's going to be a lot of finger pointing and uh a lot of crybaby stuff and uh i i don't think there should be i mean am i upset about the cover-up yes i'm very upset about it but hey let i just want to get disclosure over with i mean yes this is a, a big time issue that should have never went on this long uh this cover-up yes i'm very upset about it however once disclosure happens hey let bygones be bygones you know let's just move on however i will i would want to know exactly you know 
what this cover-up entailed, what was being covered up over all these years. Uh, and I would like to have statements. I, I think it's imperative that the American people be given statements from people within the Pentagon uh, regarding why they kept covered this up. The, I mean, we all probably have some good ideas, you know. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure, you know, the you know, two words could, you know, could pr- pretty much say it, national security, and there's a lot of things fall under that. So... But exactly what? Well, what do you? And then not only that, but what have they learned? We we need to know things that they have learned, right? Of course. Again, I always say this too: whatever they learn with the reverse engineering stuff, yeah, that re, that needs to be remain that needs to remain secret once disclosure happens. I mean, that's you can't give enemy countries information about that. That would be stupid, right? So. But everything else, I think, needs to come out. And regardless, regardless of any terrifying aspects of this, need to come out. The alien abduction aspects, if there's whatever they have on that, what, what do you know? Uh, you know, what do you know about the cattle mutilations? Would you have any idea what they're using the cattle, the cow blood for? You know, uh, give us all, give give the public that data. Give the scientific community that data. Uh, but again, I, I'm not going to be one of the, those people that believe that there, there, there needs to be a million different lawsuits filed against all these different uh, offices and people within the Pentagon because they uh, have been maintaining this cover-up for all these years. I mean, basically, what I would like to know is exactly, you know, what authority? I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're going to say it was national security, but under whose authority, uh, you know, have presidents known about this? Are presidents even these days given this information? That's another good question. It seems like more recent presidents have not been given these this information. I mean, it seems like Clinton tried to find out things and he was not given those those answers. It seems like Obama. I, I don't know about George W. Bush. He seems like he might know. But then again, his dad was a CIA director. Uh, before becoming before he became president uh so he might george w bush might might know more than than some of these other presidents just because of the fact that his father you know was cia director and then president and also uh, if if the some of these anecdotal evidence some of this anecdotal evidence is correct that george h h w bush tried to uh uh you know they tried to uh tell the truth at one point uh but it doesn't seem. I don't think uh, there's no way that, that Trump knew. I, I mean, if he knew, he would have he would have blurted it out already. I mean, you know, just <laughs> that that would have been a done deal already. And and I don't know about Biden at all. I mean, you know, it was brought up to him one time. I remember watching him at a podium, and he just he just smiled and walked away. So I don't know what that tells you. Uh, it just seems like the presidents, for the most part, the every time they're questioned about it, they seem very careful. That's one thing, though. All of them. All of them. You know, I've seen recent interviews, you know, if you look at some of the, I know that there was some interviews in the last couple of years with a lot of these presidents, former presidents, uh, and they, they're very careful, it seems, when they're talking about it. You know, they, 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 they watch what they say for the most part. Now, I know Obama was recently joking about it, saying, uh, but I, we don't really know if, you know, he was saying that the, uh, the, that, uh, the government uh, found, you know, we gave you the, uh, the answer we, we finally let you know about aliens but then he said oh no he didn't really mean that about ufos or whatever but that was joking um but anyway i'm not sure about presidents these days i mean how long were presidents being fully briefed on this and when did that stop or have these all these presidents in recent years are they just lying to us because they just can't tell us i i who knows but i think all of that stuff needs to come out i'd like to know the answers to all these questions 
Although I don't think that any, there needs to be any kind of lawsuits, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be upset and going to, you know, they might try to file lawsuits. I don't know. Uh, there might be some organizations out there uh, uh, that believe this is, you know, this should never have happened. And there might be some, you know, who knows, uh, different uh, legal action taken against the, the Pentagon for, for basically uh, sitting on this, the, the biggest news of all time basically the fact that there's an extraterrestrial presence on this planet so uh but yeah i i think uh, people who are interested in this subject people who know that there's something going on people who follow this i don't think people like 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 me or people who listen to this podcast are going to be you know cr- you know crying out for blood right i, I just don't see that uh, i see other people doing that i see skeptics doing that people that are making fools out of themselves right now uh demanding that uh, there be investigations and lawsuits and all that stuff but anyway i i do think that it all goes back to harry truman he's the one who basically signed off on majestic 12 originally from the documentation that i've seen right i know a lot of people like to pretend that that's not real but it is it, it's it's real even some ufologists people who look into it uh they say there's not enough proof to show it's real i think that stanton friedman uh in his one book uh top secret uh uh majestic uh, magic top secret magic uh, he basically laid it all out it's it's real well, those doc those those original majestic 12 documents were real and they were signed off on by by harry truman and there was a briefing prepared for the president-elect uh, dwight eisenhower in late 1952 to, to, to bring him up to date on the situation so that all of that's true so i mean that's where the finger gets pointed all the way back to harry truman but what are you gonna do you know sue him He's dead. He's dead since uh, December of 1972. So uh, I think once disclosure happens, hey, let's forget about the lawsuits. Let's not play the blame game or anything like that. Let's just, you know, just let's realize that the, you know, however this started, why ever it started, why it why it was kept, why the secret was kept for so long. Let's just, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll ask for the answers. But hey, let's not uh, start filing lawsuits left and right. Although there will be, I I, I fully expect that there will be. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Um, I came across this very interesting article. I actually found it on Twitter. There's a, a guy, Brian Johnson. Uh, he's, he, he wrote this uh, little uh, article for medium.com. Uh, I, I found this on Twitter, and I'll leave the link for this. 
And uh, it's very interesting. He points out a lot of very interesting things about uh, why UFOs are so befuddling to skeptics. Now, the, the, the title of his uh, little piece here is Why UFOs Mind F. I'm not going to use, I don't use uh, harsh profanity on my podcast, as everyone knows. I, I mean, I throw some, uh, you know, little tiny curse words out there every now and then, but I don't like to throw the F word out there or anything like that. Uh, you know, I try to keep it, you know, somewhat family friendly, you know. But anyway, his the name of his little piece here is Why UFOs Mind F Skeptics. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to I'm going to pick it up from the about the middle of this. Uh, he basically the be- and I'll, I think you should check this out. I mean, if you're interested, uh, and uh, you should you know in this kind of thing, I think this is a very interesting piece he wrote here. Uh, but the beginning part basically gets into UFOs and how mysterious they are, what they you know what they seem you know w- you know what they represent and that kind of thing. And uh, we'll pick it up here in about the middle here. It says now now let's move on to the creators, controllers, and sometimes occupants of these UFOs. Because they aren't ours. They are aliens, and just like their craft, they are more sentient and technologically advanced than us. And just like their craft, they prize maximal discretion and have a tremendous ability to remain unseen when that is their desire. That ability may be the result of several factors, including their physical composition, advanced technology, and advanced sentience or a combination thereof. The core difficulty that skeptics seem to share is an inability to imagine beings of far greater sentience than humans. It's almost as if there's this expectation that aliens are just humans, only more knowledgeable and technologically advanced. The common physical description of an alien includes a very large head and usually a much larger ratio of head size to body size slash weight. It logically follows that aliens tend to have far larger brains and larger brain-body ratios than humans. Another logical inference to make is that they've attained far greater mastery over their own genome than we presently possess and have optimized it for enhanced cognitive functioning. This could represent the difference between an IQ of 100 versus an IQ of 800 if we're able to measure such an IQ. Even an IQ of 400 would represent incomprehensible differences in intelligence. Now, that's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, you know, this, the, they're just... <sighs> It's it's just hard to grasp as you know we all we all even you know people who believe in these things coming here we 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 think we're intelligent right but we just have no idea on how intel how more intelligent something could be it's just hard to grasp you know and that's that what that that is something that makes this whole phenomenon so strange because it is it's just we, we, as far as we we can see for the most part right as far as we could tell we're the most intelligent beings here right we just don't see these it's not like these aliens are a known thing i mean it's not like they're hanging out with us every day you know they they show up mysteriously and disappear mysteriously but anyway let's continue here it says here a key tenet to understanding how sentience impacts an interaction is that when two beings of vastly different sentience interact the being with greater sentience always controls the interaction it would be like you interacting with a hamster you would control everything about the interaction and if you wanted to leave no evidence behind of your interaction that would be readily readily accomplished and the hamster would have no way to prove that the interaction took place that's so true 
That's so true. Just sometimes that's one of those things that these a lot of the skeptics just can't wrap their brains around. I mean, it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their brains around. It's just that you know. I mean, I ta- I think about that experience I had when I was in Hawaii. I you know I don't. That's the the third incident I had. I I don't talk about this one as much, but it's the time when the dog disappeared basically right in front of me in broad daylight for two and a half hours and then showed up later on mysteriously uh basically disappeared and reappeared you know david copperfield style right in front of me that's what happened uh i'll I'll go through this story for people who uh haven't heard it i was living in hawaii and i was live i lived in this house uh it was a house that was built on stilts because it was in a tropical rainforest there was jungle all around the house the 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 house was was basically lava rock you know where it was built on it was all like uh, very rough terrain and uh i had to use a weed whacker to to cut the 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 grass it wasn't really grass it was weeds you know the the vegetation the growth you know every you know once a week or whatever i had to cut that down in that lava rock that surrounded the the house on the perimeter was all this low to the ground vegetation and uh i mean you could see right over you could see for miles over it actually but it was very dense very dense it was very you you couldn't just walk through this easily <laughs> and i mean you'd be all scratched up i mean it's very hard to move through this this material but anyway uh i had this dog i had just gotten this dog i didn't have this dog long it was given by a friend there to me and this dog was basically still a puppy, but it was pretty big. Uh, it was a mix of a Jack Russell Terrier and whatever else it was on the other side. I don't know, but it was for a Jack Russell, half Jack Russell Terrier. Usually they're small. This dog was pretty, pretty tall. Uh, and uh, so basically, uh, and that dog's name was Goldie, by the way. And uh, I had this dog, and I didn't have her long, and she was just very wild. She was hard to she was hard to calm down. In fact, the one time I was driving her and my other dog to the beach, and she I'm driving very slow down this road. I mean, luckily I was driving slow. She, she actually jumped out the window on the way to. The, I was going to take them for a walk along the beach, and she actually jumped out the window. She was really just I was. It was hard to try to train her while I'm working ten hours a day, and it was just a tough thing. But I I was doing my best and. But that when the day I went out to cut the grass, I, w- I brought her out with me, but I, uh, I didn't want to leave her in her house because I know she would tear things up while I was outside, you know, cutting the, cutting the weed whacking. So I brought her outside with me and I had this really long chain and I wrapped one, like, the, the, you know, I wrapped one end of that chain around a, one of the posts that held up this house, one of the stilts. And then I, I put the other end, I clicked it onto the, her collar. And I started cutting the grass, and she, she was getting all wound up because of the sound of the uh, weed whacker. And I turned around to her, and I was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing, you know, joking around with her. And she was just, you know, whipping around on that chain. And then, like, two seconds later, it was only a few seconds later, I turned around again, and she was completely gone. So I stopped. And I was at the time, I was actually underneath the house, weed, hitting a couple of weeds underneath the house. She was outside in the front, by the front porch, running around, you know, pulling on that chain. And I just figured she broke the chain and took off. So I stopped everything I was doing and I started looking for and, and by the way, this house where I was living was in the middle of nowhere. Nobody else was living around me. It was for miles, right? Nobody, right? It was in the middle of nowhere, okay? Uh, bright, sunny day. It was like a Saturday uh, late morning, early afternoon, somewhere around like 12 o'clock, I think it might have been. <laughs> so I'm looking around for the dog. I'm looking in the perimeter into that, into that uh, you know, in this, in this dense foliage, this dense jungle the low to the ground jungle only i guess came up to your knee or to your calf it wasn't that high 
She's not there. I'm looking all around, all around the circle, yelling for her. She's not coming. I walked out to there's a dirt road that led, you know, into the driveway in my house to another dirt road. And I went down to that dirt road and I'm yelling for the dog. She's not coming. I start walking up one way and she's not, I can't, I don't see her. I walk up another way, don't see her. Walk back to the house, start looking around again. She's not there. I'm looking around for like an hour. She's just gone. And, and the chain's gone with her, this long, heavy chain, right? She's gone with all of it. It's all gone. And after a while, I started getting concerned, thinking, well, you know, uh, maybe maybe she ran all the way to the highway. The highway is like a couple of miles away, right down this dirt road. You know, you had a there was a dirt road that was led to my driveway, to my dirt drive. And if it went, went down this dirt road, you you would end up near a highway. And I was thinking, well, maybe she ran all the way down there. Maybe she somebody picked her up and dropped her off at the kennel. So I actually took a ride to the kennel, and they told me that no, we didn't get no dogs like what you're describing. No no dogs came in here. So. Uh, then I drove back to the house and I'm, you know, I'm, I looked around again for another half hour or so. I'm looking around for this dog yelling, you know, where Goldie, where you at? You know, she's not coming. Um, I finally gave up. I sat down on the steps of the, the porch and I was like, well, I guess she's gone. Right. You know, maybe she'll come back later. I don't know. And right when I sat down and gave up all of a sudden there, she just right across from me. I look right across at me. She just rose up from these bushes that I had just looked in. These, this heavy brush that you know that I had just looked in and I couldn't believe it I was like oh I was all happy that oh, you're there the whole time right I couldn't believe it I didn't understand it because I just had looked I looked in this one spot over and over again multiple times you know when she I, I think I would have saw her right I, I did not see her but I didn't think anything of it at the time but then the the, the thing that happened that uh just became uh incredible to me it became impossible right was the fact that the chain was still connected to her to her collar, but at the other end, it was still wrapped around and connected like in a loop. Like the end, you know, it was still in the loop. Like, how is that possible? That's not possible. So I, I was thinking, okay, there must be a space somewhere along that, um, along that post where I tied her to, right? Where I where I looped it around, right? Because I, I I looped the, ch- the other end of that chain around that post and then clicked it into one of the links, and that's you know that's how I kept her there. That's how I kept you know. Uh, kept her chained to that post but it was still in the loop when, when she came walking out of that brush and i couldn't understand that so i went over to the post and i'm looking at them well maybe there's a space maybe the thing doesn't go all the way into the ground but it did it went all the way into the ground and then i was thinking well maybe it wasn't this post that i that i had her on maybe it was a different one i just made a mistake so i started checking all the different posts all the possible places that i would have connected her like on that side of the house and all of them you know you know everything either went into the ground or or was nailed to a board there was no spaces anywhere where that loop that loop could have you know where she could have pulled on that enough to for a, there was there was no space for that loop to go through for that chain loop to go through so somehow uh it was like she disappeared and out of you know and then reappeared it was and it was impossible it was impossible there's no way that any i mean and it bothered me for days like i remember even for even weeks afterward i would go out and go over it again like try to figure out like how did that happen that's impossible how did that that chain stay like that there's no way and i would check to see if maybe it was on this post here that i had that i put it on maybe it was this uh you know this uh, you know maybe it was on the steps or something maybe it was one of these posts on the but everything was there was no spaces anywhere you know no slots for that little chain loop to go through so it's it was an impossible thing and i i never got to the end i I couldn't figure it out 
Now, when you're in Hawaii, and this was on the big island in Hawaii, by the way, and I, I never even thought of UFOs at the time. I couldn't figure it out. I, I, you know, but then years went by, and then I, 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 you know, I saw something about Skinwalker Ranch, and some of, you know, it wasn't just UFO activity that was going on. There were other strange things going on there, like where things would disappear and then show up two weeks later, like a a, 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 a little shovel or something, and it would show up in a tree like a, a week later, or or some, you know, somebody gets in the shower and and every when they come out, everything that they had in a certain place was moved somewhere else i mean there was weird things like that and i'm wondering if that's not then it started think i started thinking to myself well <laughs> maybe it was aliens after all i don't know i don't know um i mean now compared to those other two incidents that i had when i was a kid where there was the uh, being in the room right and then in 19, later on in 1994, when I was on the fishing trip with my buddy and we saw the flying saucer, those two things right there, like to me, that's, I know for, that, that's, that was aliens, right? That, that's what that, those two incidents were. I think that that Hawaii thing was aliens too, but I'm, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, I just don't know. And, you know, to me, uh, that's why, uh, you know, I, I just when when you think about this, they they could do these things to you, just like with the hamster, like this guy's talking about here. You know, like you know, yeah, we we could interact. Like he says here, if you would like, it would be like you interacting with the hamster. You would control everything about the interaction, and if you wanted to leave no evidence behind of your interaction, that would be readily accomplished, and the hamster would have no way to prove that the interaction took place. That's the same thing I think that probably happened to me when I was on the Big Island in Hawaii. It's very possible that I've been having interactions with aliens even more than that over all these years, but that's the only three incidences that I know of is the ones I talk to you guys about all the time. But to me, that's what that, when I read that sentence, that's what it reminded me of, that Hawaii incident, because that's, that's so true. These aliens could do things like that. They could do things like that. Uh, they could, you know, I mean, I had no idea. They, they could have been doing, they could have been completely invisible. And to, to me, they were completely invisible. Because it, 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 and and they were able to get away with this, and and I had no clue of their in, the, the how they interacted with me, and it, and again that again similarly to when I was a kid, you know, it, it took me like ten years to me until I realized, you know, when that alien showed up in my in my room when I was a kid, I thought it was a demon or a devil. It took me like ten years to figure out, oh, that was probably. Oh, and then I realized their alien abductions were a thing, and 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 aliens were real, right? That people actually had encounters with them. Then I realized, oh, that's what it was. And this was a similar thing. I mean, I was wondering, is there a such thing as ghosts? You know, there was a lot of talk over on the on the Big Island. I remember getting there with a lot of different people. I, would t I was there for a little over two years, from 2007 to 2009. By the way, this incident happened in uh, September, October 2009. So I think September, September, October, around that, that period. Yeah, September, probably September, September 2009. Or excuse me, September 2007, excuse me. That's when it happened, and it was on the Big Island. I remember when I got over to the Big Island, there was like talk of these spirits, these Hawaiian spirits, uh, night marchers, and uh, they walk around the island. All and there's these basically these ancient Hawaiian ghosts that walk around the island, and if you get in their path, they'll kill you. And just I was wondering if that's what it was. I mean, I had no idea. I could I could not figure out for the life of me how this what what happened happened. It was just an impossible thing. I I have no explanation for it. But it was, to me, it's just same. I mean, it could be that they aliens interacted with me and I had no idea that they did. Right in broad daylight and sunshine shining, right? 
that's what it could have been. Anyway, let's continue with this excellent little piece here. Um, and after this hamster part, uh, he talks about Neil deGrasse Tyson, which is very interesting. This is why Neil deGrasse Tyson's suggestion that an abductee should steal an ashtray from the inside of an alien craft to prove the existence of aliens was beyond asinine. Yeah, see, that's it, it was beyond asinine, and I totally agree with that. I mean, wow, wow. With vastly greater sentience also comes vastly greater technology. And if aliens don't want there to be any physical evidence of their existence, then their combination of vastly superior sentience and vastly superior technology will ensure that goal is achieved every single time. The current iteration of Earth's surface Homo sapiens civilization is around 12,000 years old. If we were able to survive, what would our levels of sentience and technology be 1,000 years from now, 10,000 years from now, 100,000 years from now, 500,000 years from now, a million years from now, a billion years from now. Boy, I love this. This is a great... See, a lot of people... I'm going to stop there for a second. You know, a lot of people who, who are interested in this subject who know that this is going on. This is the kind of... I think these are the kind of same things that people like me, people like who listen to this podcast, we think of these things. And, and, and he's saying the same, a lot of the same stuff... You know, this is like preaching to the choir. You know, some, a lot of the same stuff we talk about on here, this is pretty good stuff. Okay, let's continue. With full control over our genome, it's even difficult to comprehend our level of sentience attained and technology achieved a mere 500 years from now. Any aliens visiting on interstellar craft would likely make us feel like hamsters, so it should come as no surprise that abductees consistently report a level of being physically and mentally controlled and dominated that doesn't remotely resemble any type of interaction with Homo sapiens. And any aliens who have resided on Earth since before we existed would undoubtedly be in a similar position with respect to us. So maybe it's time for the skeptics to think a little more flexibly about sentience and technological differences between aliens on Earth and Homo sapiens. And in doing so, the idea that we should utilize traditional standards of evidence and proof before believing in alien spacecraft and alien beings becomes a premise possessing far less rationality yeah um <laughs> yeah this is a this is a good piece here i i'll again i'll leave the link for you to, to read it uh but yeah uh they, they, they skeptics do need to need to be a little bit more flexible uh i mean it's, it just seems like they you know they don't want to they they can't accept the idea that that there's something smarter than than they are uh, and i think that's the way a lot of humans feel they just can't imagine that there's a greater intelligence out there, a being with greater intelligence. It's just, you know, it just seems preposterous to them. Despite the fact that, I mean, just look at us. Look at the human race. I mean, I mean, you want proof? I mean, you want proof? I mean, look at, uh, to, to other living beings out on other planets right now, we would be aliens. We would be extraterrestrials, right? And look at, we're starting to go into, we've been going into space for a little while. We're going a little bit deeper and deeper all the time. We're sending satellites deeper and deeper in time, all the time. Uh, you know, we're talking about trips to Mars, you know. We're, we're, we're going to get further in our solar system at some point, right? At some point in the future, as long as we don't destroy ourselves, right? We're going we're gonna to get out of the solar system. But, you know, I don't know if it's going to be 500 years, 1,000 years, 10,000 years. But if as long as we keep advancing technologically, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, logic uh, states that we're going to figure out ways to go beyond our solar system, to travel to other worlds, to travel, you know, throughout the galaxy, perhaps, to the far reaches of the galaxy. And when you, and you, when you realize that, you realize, well, 
I mean, this this galaxy is really big. I mean, there's hundreds of billions of stars, and then beyond that, there's hundreds of billions of other galaxies. You you, know, you start realizing, well, there has to be other life out there, and then you start realizing, well, some of that life had to advance beyond where we're at already. And obviously, it did. Obviously, it did because there's something coming here, right? There's something here. What they're up to, I mean, that's we're not going to get into all of that right now, but. I mean, I think that's, you know, skeptics just need to, you know, I mean, it's a shame. They need to, they do need to think more flexibly. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's just such an antiquated view. It's sad for them, actually. It's very sad for them. Um, but hey, at some point, hopefully, uh, hopefully some point, uh, some point very soon uh, in our lifetimes, you know, hopefully, and I would like, and at least in my lifetime, I would like to see... Uh, you know, acknowledgement from uh, top government officials, you know, uh, and and I would like that. I would like more information. I, I'm very interested in this subject. Uh, I'm, I know a lot of us are. Uh, one, a lot of us want uh, more information, uh, and then it's going to be a great day if we do get it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, again, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it'd be nice if some whistleblowers could help us out and uh, take the lid off completely. But it would be so great to the, to know what the government knows. Wouldn't it? it would be so interesting to study all this stuff to find out what you know how many different beings are coming here i mean yeah it's scary and at the same time but at the same time it's fascinating it's fascinating and scary so uh hopefully we get there at some point soon 